Uh, well, all right, everyone. Welcome back to another um, Sip of Green Tea podcast. And today we are talking to a couple of our own. We have Alexander Moman and Christine Louis-Jacques, who are two of our project managers here at um, Greening Youth Foundation. And they managed a special project that we ran, was it over the summer, summer semester, I believe, for young students. And that was called Green Box. You might have seen that in some of our newsletters or um, some of our social media highlights, where basically we created a virtual program and enrolled students with the, was it the DeKalb County uh, yes. schools? Yeah, DeKalb yes. County schools. And we evolved them in their own little special environmental programming. Um, so welcome to the podcast today, guys. And we are so excited to have you and talk to you today. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Good to be here. Yeah, so the first thing I wanted to ask was, how did Greenbox start? Because I know, you know, beforehand we were doing the um, in-person learning where we were going out to like boys and girls clubs and actually like working with the students physically and teaching them environmental curriculum. So how did the idea for Greenbox come to hand? Um. Well, I think everything pretty much kind of aligned without us realizing it because prior to COVID, we were already kind of thinking of providing um, more virtual classes or just expanding the program overall to be virtual um, because we do have partners who are homeschool students. And so we were already kind of brainstorming and thinking of how we can revamp the program to still provide in-person, but also virtual. Um, but pretty much with everything involving COVID and the pandemic that hit us, um, we kind of had to think even quicker with our ideas um, to be able to still um, provide students with something to do over the summer or even through the school year. Um, so with our in-person, a lot of our in-person activities and our curriculum, we pretty much had to pull what we felt um, was the most important topics um, for the summer um, and then just kind of put it into a platform that could be taught virtually. Um, like you already know, Cameron, we do a lot of in-person activities and games with the students. So we kind of just did the same thing, but just through Zoom and through a virtual platform. Um, but the a new component of it was providing them with an actual green box. So we put different supplies and activities in there that they would need to use lesson every week. Um, and the students were actually mailed and shipped a box of different activities. We also provided them with some snacks um, just to kind of process because usually when we do in person, we bring our supplies with us. But with everything being, you know, stay at home policy in place, um, we wouldn't be able to, you know, do, we wouldn't be able to provide them with supplies or, and we honestly really wanted to lift the weight off of the families who were participating. So we just had to kind of brainstorm and think about what activities are the most fun in our curriculum that could still be fun in a virtual space. Um, so we just kind of pulled different activities that were very engaging and interactive over online. And then we brought, we gave them supplies and shipped them supplies that could assist them in that way. And I have to say that the idea of just creating that green box was really cool. Because um, I know, Christine, I've gone with you and done some in-person implementation. Alex, I mean, we were at the Boys and Girls Club like every week teaching those young students and, uh, you know, just like interacting with them. Um, and I know it was probably a really, like a really hard barrier of, you know, trying to figure out how do you engage them virtually? Um, because, you know, it's not easy to always keep the students, you know, online and engaged. Because as both of y'all know, sometimes you'll do a fun activity. And then when you're trying to talk to them about, like, you know, the environment or how you can learn lessons from the activity that you're doing, you know, they're already, like, 
jumping around and having fun. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, just like what that process looked like for you in terms of just, you know, making sure the students were engaged with the activities? I think that um, the fact that it is virtual, it actually provides an opportunity for the kids to be more comfortable in their own environments. Because when we go out into the schools, you know, they're in a classroom setting. Usually they've been uh, in a classroom setting prior to being there. And there's just a whole bunch of personalities and, you know, different things going on where it's, it's going to be hard for anybody to focus on exactly what's going on in front of them um, 100%. So being that you're at home in your own comfort zone, you can, you know, have your, your drink and your food if you want to take a snack. Everything's like right there. So it makes it easier for you to kind of focus in uh, on what's going on. And then you have your, of course, uh, we have the help of the parents. So the parents make that transition a lot easier for us as well because that gives them time to bond with their kids and then also make sure that they're getting that extra uh, education, getting that uh, extra work done, work in, um, and their kids actually going to be retaining it. Because we did a lot of fun activities, and I was surprised about how many how many kids actually participated and were happy to participate, how many parents were right there with their kids to help them and uh, yeah. lend that support. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with Alex. I pretty much would piggyback off of him. I think when they're home, there's a little bit less distractions because, you know, when we go to the sites that with their friends, you know, there's there's also other activities going on when we do a lot of our after school programming at the rec centers. So, you know, some of them get distracted by just all the, you know, stimulation that's there. So I think with them being home, it actually kind of honed in on their attention to pay more attention to what we're saying and honestly just be engaged. So, yeah. And um, could you talk also a little bit about the curriculum process and particularly like some of the difficulties that you might have said, like transitioning some of the in-person curriculums to um, virtual curriculums? Like I know with some of the students before we did like the cloud experiment where we had like the food coloring and the whipped cream and like we will mix that in front of them and like show them those effects. Um, but you know, that might be a little bit more difficult for students at home to source those materials versus us just bringing them in. Um, so yeah, like what did that process look like in terms of just, you know, deciding what you could and couldn't take for the virtual environment? Well, I think that the planning that um, Christine and the other people that actually fleshed out the program actually helped make that transition a lot easier because we were able to send, uh, send everybody, you know, the materials that they needed to their house for the most part. So you didn't have to you know, worry about getting this or that or, you know, whatever the case might be. We had all the materials that you needed and we kind of just built the, the lessons around that stuff. So it was interactive, it was engaging, but also it was easy on the parents where they didn't have to go out and go obtain all these items. They might not have had a budget for it. They may not have, you know, had the time to go do it. So, you know, other things that they could just get out their cabinets and utilize, that's, that's a great, great resource. So just being, uh, being able to provide those tools to those kids so they wouldn't have to source them themselves made everything a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and I would also segue and say that um, when we were going through the curriculum and trying to flush out the activities, uh, we were trying to think of, uh, we were trying to reinforce the recycling and reusing aspect, um, the reduce, reuse, reuse, which I'm sure you already know, Cameron, um, of picking the activities based off of what's more cost efficient for the parents, but then what are things that they can just find at home with recyclable items or just reusable items that they would probably already have at home. We thought of ways to incorporate both of that so that they can still interact with their environment that they're in, as well as we provide them with some additional stuff that can assist them in that way. So we, we did our best to think of materials that they wouldn't need to buy at a store 
just stuff that they would just get from their home or their kitchen or even from outside um, in their just in their neighborhood. Um, so we try to think of activities that could allow them to to honestly connect with the environment. So if you're sourcing materials and stuff and you're thinking of the activity for the week, you know, a lot of stuff that we don't think about, we can literally get from our backyard. So um, we really try to, you know, hone in on that component too. Yeah, and I remember when we went into, um, when we went into the office to pack some of that stuff. I mean, there was jump ropes in there. We had little binoculars in there. They also got some snacks. Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting like everything that we included. Okay. Notepads, uh, what else? You said, I think you said jump ropes already. We had um, the gravel. Yeah, binoculars. Built, uh, to make their filters. They had um, stuff for the bird filter. I mean, the bird feeder. Yeah. Bird seed. Yeah, they yeah, had give a, them a good variety of things. Yeah, and I, I have to say that, like, as a student, you know, just getting, like, a package full of interactive items that you're going to get to use as part of a curriculum. You know, that's something that even in class, you might not really get that experience. Um, so really just like, you know, whoever came up with that idea of like, just actually like sending them stuff for the activities, that was like really, really creative and really smart thing to do. Um, yeah. And so for like all of the parents watching who might be interested in like a future program, um, could you do like a high level run through of like what your curriculum entailed? The different the different topics and the subjects yeah just like a uh, sort of like a basic breakdown of like the lessons that you did with the students sure um so it was a six-week program for this one in particular um and so we covered topics that involved uh recycle well, reduce reuse um recycling um we also covered uh composting that was another topic we went over the water cycle um, we try to pick topics that kind of related to each other anyway. So, you know, we did the recycling, but then we went into like the water cycle and how that affects us. Um, within water cycling, we also went into gardening um, in ways that they can garden and just work from home. Um, when it comes to like, you know, I think right now with everything that's happening with COVID, a lot of people are trying to learn and connect more with the land. So we did a whole gardening thing and relating that to like healthy eating um, and also talking about areas, you know, a lot of people do maybe not don't have access to farmers markets or might live in food deserts. So we just try to hone in on the importance of like eating healthy, but on a budget. Um, we also did a whole physical activity component um, where we got them to move because now with kids working and even going to school now from home, a lot of them are just sitting a lot. So we did a whole one that involved like physical activity and physical health. Am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing some other topics, Alex, if you want to jump in. Uh, that um, covered most of we did also do a um, virtual tour of the um, butterfly exhibit as well, which was pretty cool, uh, which gave uh, the kids the opportunity to kind of get out uh, from um, They were, yes. Yeah, that is really awesome. Um, and that sounds like a, really like a lot of good lesson plans that particularly for, like you said, students sitting at home, it just like gets them up and gets them moving and gets them engaged. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people right now are, struggling with like the physical fitness aspect of you know just like getting outside the house when you're working from home mm -hmm. um and then like even going to parks if you live like a like they're a hugely populated area you might not feel like a hundred percent comfortable always going outside without a mask on um mm -hmm. so i'm sure like not only the students but the parents were very appreciative of especially that aspect of the curriculum yeah. um and so I actually wanted to ask uh, you, Mr. Ask Alex, about the character that we, <laughs> that we created for you. 
um, okay. because I know that you had like a whole design done and your character was given a backstory. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? So Axe Alex is basically like our version of a Bill Nye type character, which is a fun interactive way for the kids to ask questions on topics they may not necessarily um, fully understand. And then it gives me an opportunity to kind of dive into these topics and flesh the flesh the subjects out um, and just give them as much information in a consumable uh, small little thing for them so that's not too overwhelming. So we actually did a pretty uh, pretty great job as far as putting the content together and they had some great animators put uh, the actual cartoon together. So I was excited just to, you know, have my face out there. But um, it was very, very cool and was able to, you know, engage a lot of students and I hope that's something that we can continue uh, going forward. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love the character. Up on PBS, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the character design that we put in uh, the Teams chat, and I was like, man, that that really does look like it's straight out of like a professional cartoon studio. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shout I need one. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that would be a great way to continue. Hopefully, we can continue with that um, mm. because I think students you know the age group that we worked with was um k through five or k through six i should say um so we had a large group of younger students and so i think they enjoyed the ask alex portion just because you know some of them just have questions some of them would ask questions that didn't even involve the lesson but you know we always try to ask find ways to tie it back in and give them some space to you know feel like they can speak up and that they can talk so that it doesn't feel like a lecture you know it doesn't feel like we're just talking to them especially in a virtual space we want them to feel like they can speak up and ask questions and you know be curious right absolutely um and i also had a question in terms of like just in terms of interacting with the students um, so I know you were doing like recording some lessons and then we had the Moodle platform where we were also interacting with the students. Um, so how did the entire process work? Was it like you would upload a video and then like your students would interact with you through Moodle? Um, and that's how like sort of the questions would get asked and answered or what all was that process looking like? Well, go ahead, Alex, you can go first. Okay. Um, well, we did a lot of it uh, via Zoom where we actually got to be face to face with the kids and they were able to ask us questions. And surprisingly, they had a lot of information to uh, share as well. Um, but the activities that we would record previously, they would be something that we would send out to the parents and let them work with their kids on completing the activity. And then a lot of times we would ask them to take pictures and post it onto uh, Moodle so we can see um, exactly what they did and share with our uh, networks share with our social media and just try to make it as interactive as possible yeah um most of our interaction i will say this was like a trial run for us you know it was our pilot to see how we could improve it for the future um moodle uh i would say the most of our interaction was actually through zoom um it was more it was more live i would say so the person in person was more the interaction that we received this time around um i i don't know if it was maybe the disconnect with the parents you know it's summertime and maybe they're not fully checking their emails every time like if it was like a school um if kids were in school so we didn't get as much interaction on moodle that we wanted and um we want to you know definitely go back to the drawing board and see if we can maybe change the platform that we're using so it could be a little bit more user-friendly especially for the younger groups um because it is a little bit more um, 
the, the way the platform is set up, it's it's definitely more for like older students. Um, but some of them were able to access it, some of them were not, but um, we definitely got them to at least participate and come on Zoom every day or every week. So I would definitely say that the live interactions were definitely um, the high point for us. Um, the students, I think, enjoyed more of that interaction, especially the younger kids. You know, it was just something for them to sign up on and something for them to look for. I don't think that that they had the attention or the capacity to just be on Moodle the whole time. Gotcha. Yeah, and that that definitely makes sense for me. Because, um, like, even looking in through, like, the back end of Moodle, you know, it seems like that was a platform that your students would, you would want students to have, like, prior experience with through their schooling. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. believe for a lot of them, you know, this was, like, their first time having to work with this. Because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that, like, a lot of the, K through five students, you know, when COVID came around, um, like virtual learning wasn't in place for that back half of the semester. So this was like a lot of their first real experience with this virtual learning. Um, yes. And, and same know, with us, this was our first time too. So it's like, it was just a learning experience on both ends. And I think it definitely was, it definitely gave us time to think about how to make it better, which I think is important. Um, because our, our main goal was of course to just have fun and give the students you know, a positive experience virtually since a lot of these spaces are closed or, you know, some people just have restrictions, but um, that's why we even pulled in like the Chattahoochee Nature Center and they were able to do like a live tour of center um, because we were learning about gardening and pollinators and you guys are, are one of our most pollinators. So we had a whole lesson on that, but they got to actually see the ground. So like students, most of the students know about the Chattahoochee Nature Center and it's some of them live within that neighborhood. So uh, we tried to think of some new ways that um, since the platform wasn't working the way we wanted the Moodle platform, we tried to definitely make sure that our live interactions were engaging and, you know, that they could, you know, gain something new. Yeah, and I think in a lot of ways, being able to do this virtually really benefited some of the lessons. Because um, I remember when we would go in person, you know, like we're in a classroom and we can't really take the students outside like every time we go there depending on yes. the weather or you know how they're acting or things like that so mm -hmm. getting to do like the virtual butterfly tour or showing them the Chattahoochee uh, River Nature Center virtually that's like a level of engagement that we couldn't have given them if yeah. we had gone in person um, yeah. and so it's interesting that you said that they already knew about it uh, because I wanted to ask like how many of the lessons were the students like already had knowledge about because um, I know like sometimes when we would go in person and like teach them a lesson you know there'd be quite a few students there who'd be like oh yeah we already learned this in school you know the answers are x y and z or whatever so did you find that like a lot of the students like came in with prior knowledge of what you were teaching or was it mostly a fresh experience for a lot of them I mean they had some knowledge on sub some subjects of course there was no uh you know, any subject experts, but they all had some prior knowledge on things that they can chime in and, you know, things that sound familiar to be like, I know what that is. Then we take it to the next step. Like we know what pollution is, but I might not know what air pollution or, you know, what makes water, uh, water pollution or whatever the case might be. So you'll have a piece of it and we'll just try to build off of whatever they have uh, already grasped or whatever they have knowledge on prior. We'll just build off of that. Yeah. I, I would say the only topic that they weren't so versed on was probably composting. I think that was new for a lot of people. Um, so even though, even for ourselves, you know, so even like learning about it and teaching it to them was very new for some of them. Oh, hang on, Christine, you're muted. 
Oh. Okay. Am I back? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I was like, hobby composting was probably the lesson that wasn't um that many of them didn't know about. Um some schools I know in Georgia probably do or in, I don't know if in Georgia, but I know just working in other capacities, some schools actually do composting in some of their schools. Um so kind of knew about it but I would say that was probably one lesson that they, they didn't really know much about but everything else they were like they were kind of teaching us sometimes so it, it was it was interesting to see their knowledge yeah and I'm glad that they have like some experience with it because um, I remember myself I didn't really get a whole lot of you know environmental education in my school I didn't um, get any <laughs> it was really bad like in k through you know in grade school i didn't learn any of this stuff really i learned it just from being in camps and my mom putting me in other programs that would introduce me to that so the fact that a lot of them are learning some of this stuff in school like a lot of schools are you know introducing like steam i don't know if you've heard of steam but it's you know kind of incorporating stem but also with the arts and so a lot of these schools are doing that so a lot of these kids kind of like already know about like pollution the water cycle and all these different topics that i didn't learn till like later in life so i think it's really great coming more important part of the uh, curriculum nowadays man they're kind of pushing that environmental aspect more so than they did back when we were coming up yeah for sure yeah, and I'm really glad that that's happening because there are a lot of important issues that students need to know about. And in general, just like learning to take care of the environment and just like how great it can be. Um, especially because, you know, I see like a lot of people saying that like kids don't get out as much these days um, and just like get to experience nature for themselves. So I think like supplementing that with at least like learning about your environment, you know, learning what watersheds are, learning how to eat healthy and you know, stay active and be like physically fit are really important lessons. Um, and so, go ahead, Alex. Well, I was just agreeing with you. I said most definitely. Um, so I did have a question in terms of, you know, like the overall reception of the lessons. So like what, um, what lessons did you feel like the students most gravitated towards and what did you feel like weren't really connecting as well? I think they connected to most of the lessons. I think our first week we hit it off with a pretty big interest because we made bird feeders with them and they loved that. Um, a, a lot of the younger kids were like just super excited. They'd never made it before. And I don't even think they realized that a lot of the items that they have at home, they could just easily make a bird feeder with. Um, so I knew that that activity would probably um, interest them, but I would say they definitely loved that one. They kind of liked every lesson. I can't say there was one in particular that they hated or didn't like. They were all pretty engaged every week with whatever lesson we had. I just always, it just stuck out to me that I know when we did the bird feeders, they were like really excited about that and just being able to make that. And a lot of them didn't even, I mean, when they got the supplies, they were just like, what are we doing? Like, what, what are we going to make with this? But then when it was like finished, they were like amazed that they could just, you know, go outside and hang it up and stuff. So I'm like, something so simple, but they really, really enjoyed doing that. And some of them even were like updating us about it like weeks after, like, yeah, you know, we, we watched it, the, all the food was gone or, you know what I mean? It just was something that I think pushed them to connect with the environment because some activities, you know, we were just kind of inside. Um, but one thing we also tried to teach them is that like, I know we keep saying the outdoors and the environment, like it's this like faraway place that they have to like drive to or like visit. But we just tried to connect them that like, you know, your backyard is your environment. So like, you know, walking down the street is part of the environment. So just connecting with wherever you are, even if it's not like a national park or it's not a forest, 
um, you're still in the environment. So just finding ways to connect with them in a simple way, I think they really enjoy that. And I also think just having that, that green box, you know, with all those supplies in it, it kind of just sparks your curiosity. Like, I wonder what we're going to do this, this week. I don't know what this, you know, this material here is going to be for. We haven't used that yet. So it just kind of keeps them coming back and interested and in see what we're going to use next. Because Like I said, we had the jump rope in there. We had the stuff for the bird feeder. We had the stuff for the water filter. But you don't, you know, you don't know exactly what's going to be used for until we actually give them the activity and, you know, they get to participate. So a little mysterious, uh, or the my mysterious factor, man. Yeah, the water filter was a big one too. I think the water filter was fun to put together and share that with them um, because they were looking at it like, what What are we doing? How are we going to make a water filter? But I think them seeing it and, you know, actually seeing the finished product was also like, they were just amazed by that too. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember when me and Alex went to the Boys and Girls Club, that water filter was a really big hit. <laughs> All right. You going to drink that? <laughs> yeah. I think it was definitely a big one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely had to warn them. Uh, you know, don't don't drink the water. This is still for demonstration purposes. You yeah. know, we're not guaranteeing nothing out of this, but here's how you can like see how you make a water filter. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, in us doing the podcast, we've talked with a lot of different educators um, at different levels within the, you know, like teaching field. And just like what their expectations were for, you know, dealing with COVID virtual semesters um, and just like the, the general, what is the new normal for these schools going to look like? Um, and I feel like even into the school year, a lot of schools still haven't really figured that out yet. Um, so it was really interesting that, you know, we ended up being like one of the first companies to implement like a virtual learning experience you know when it's just like fresh out the gate so like what were your feelings going into the project were you like nervous about it or or were you confident with like what the with what the green box was going to bring or you know just like what were you feeling going into the process and we were very very ambitious and excited because uh, off the back we know that this isn't something that you know has been done before so we kind of had the freedom to kind of make the path instead of having to follow somebody else's instructions. So it was a great opportunity for us to kind of put out the groundwork for these other programs that are surely going to come along later and try to emulate what we're doing. So we're, we're basically setting the groundwork for all these vir virtual learning experiences that uh, are soon to come after us. So hopefully uh, with what we're doing, we can, you know, capitalize on this growth and this new marketplace, this new necessity and just, you know, educate as many kids as we can. Yeah. I would, I would say, I think the only time I was probably nervous was like, you know, the day before the opening of the first week, because we just wanted to make sure everybody's Wi-Fi was working, you know, internet connection, um, and also just a little nervous and just hoping that the students would enjoy it. But I think after that first week, the nervousness kind of dissipated and went away because they were like super interactive and loving it. And they were like, even just telling us like, you know, they can't wait till next week and stuff. So I think, you know, once you see the children's or the students like enthusiasm and just their curiosity kind of just went away um but yeah it definitely was you know of course you know putting in the work to get it involved um you know took some hard work and us just kind of pulling together and doing what we needed to do with the time frame that we were working with but you know we were definitely you know we just knew what we were doing was very creative and it forced us to become more creative so we were just excited about just the overall them getting the box them seeing what we have in there um and just you know being able to do the lessons from our home too um, and just, you know, having that flexibility was important. 
Got you. Um, and following along those lines, um, and I know, Christine, generally, you've been like really heavily involved in like the planning and the design of the programs. Um, mm -hmm. If we're able to come back to, you know, basically being able to go back in person, do you think there's still a space for the virtual aspect of the curriculum as well? Uh, where maybe like you don't go twice a week, but you go once a week and then you do like a virtual process the second day with like another green box for a separate se separate set of students. Um, so yeah, do you think there's like a place for virtual learning after we're able to come back together in person? For sure, I think so. I think, um, I think I didn't realize how many students are actually homeschooled also. I know that like where a lot of students are doing the hybrid learning now, but there's like, you know, organizations out there where kids are just completely homeschooled. So I still think that there's an audience for it. And I also just think it's just important. So even if like, you know, even if things do go back to normal, I'm sure not everybody's going to be running outside and being in crowds of people. People might still want to stay home or still want to, you know, keep it safe. Or there's just some people naturally who like to learn from home. Like they like to uh, do virtual learning platforms anyway. So I don't think that's ever going to really go away. Like I think it's just a resource that we should just continue on, even if things were to what they used to be or whatever the case may be. I know we're saying new normal, but you know, even if you know things open back up and kids are able to do more in-person learning, I still think that having something that's virtual is still important moving forward. I think there'll always be an audience for it. I, I definitely agree with Christine. And I think it just creates another avenue for uh, just it's more flexible. Like you can go somewhere else that you might not be able to go to, you know, necessarily decide where they're having the daycare, or not the daycare, the camp. Um, so you might be able to tune in from home. You might have to go out, of, go out of town with your family, but you're still be able to interact with your classmates, interact with people that you, you know, your peers and still be able to get that education. So I think it's cool. You can be homesick and still be able to interact and get that material, uh, get that education, you know, and not miss a beat versus, you know, having to just altogether miss out or catch up. So I think that's a great, you know, tool. I think, I think it's showing accessibility too. So like, you know, if people can't access or have a way to get to, you know, rec centers. Some students, you know, maybe don't go to rec centers or after school type programs, or maybe they can't afford to go to a camp in person. I think having a virtual learning platform can allow accessibility for those people who may have to stay home or, you know, just don't have access like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I really hope that this is something that, you know, DeKalb, Fulton, Atlanta, this is something like that all of these school systems, you know, look to adopt going forward um, yeah. because it, it really is like a unique unexplored Avenue that before COVID, I don't think anybody was really thinking about. Um, but I know you guys have done it and it's kind of like blown your mind with how effectively that has gone. Um, mm -hmm. And I just really hope that, you know, people realize that this is an Avenue that we can take going forward. Yeah. Um, and so my sure. final question for both of you was kind of a two-parter. I wanted to ask, like, what was the biggest uh, thing that you learned going through the process? And, like, what was the most fun you've had doing, like, a lesson with one of the students? Hmm. I'll let Christine go first. So. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> I think um, my biggest takeaway was kind of a personal learning experience. Um, so I've worked in other capacities with, with young children. I've worked in camps, I've worked in like 
the school system somewhat, but mostly with older students. But um, I've never, I guess, considered myself an educator in that sense. But I think after doing the green box, I definitely feel like I could be more of an educator. Or that's a title I feel more comfortable saying um, because, you know, it did involve a lot of like even educating myself about some of these topics that I'm, I have understanding of, but to teach it to students and to teach it to young students in a language that they'll understand and feel interested in, definitely took some learning and some skills. Um, something complex, but to like a two-year-old or not two-year-old, that's a little far-fetched, but to like a six-year-old, you know what I mean? Um, so I definitely think I learned a lot as far as like what it takes to be an educator, big up to all the educators, it's not an easy job. Um, and so I definitely have more respect for those who work in school systems as teachers or just in any capacity. Um, and then I would say like the most fun, I really am like a hands-on person. I love using my hands. I think I feel like using your hands is also healing. So I liked being able to do some of the activities live, um, making the bird feeders, or we even did a demo for the week when we were teaching them about like clean eating and like healthy eating. Um, I showed them how to make different smoothies um, live that, you know, they, you know, could use fruits and veggies from their home or if they have a garden. Um, so I really enjoyed doing a lot of the like in like the hands-on activities with them. That was like really fun. Yeah, and I learned that Kids are so so ready to learn. You just got to provide the right environment, the right. You got to present it to them the right way. But they're always ready to kind of absorb some information. I know as a kid, I wasn't necessarily you know the, the biggest on education coming up. But it's because back then they weren't as flexible as you know people are nowadays as far as how to deliver the curriculum and how they you know present it to you. So that was a big thing. Just understanding that everybody doesn't learn the same way and making it fun and interactive for the kids really helps them attach to it. Uh, and my, my favorite, uh, I guess, moment would be the water filter uh, demo that we did. I had a lot of fun with Yero and Christine recording the water uh, filter demo. And it's just a cool little activity that you can do at home. And it always is like has this wow factor of like, wow, this dirty water came out this clean. Like, I didn't think that could be done with just some rocks and some sand and the coffee filter and like these, these, these random items. So that was pretty cool. I thought that was real dope. And Yero, I actually wanted to turn it over to you to see if you had any questions. And I know you were also the man behind the scenes, you know, recording all the episodes, handling the back end of Moodle. So you were really heavily involved in this process as well. Um, so I wanted to see if you had like any thoughts that you wanted to share on Greenbox. Absolutely. Um, I definitely had a behind the scenes role um, this time around, but I feel like what was super important to me was to be able to communicate visually how to actually, you know, do these lessons from home. Um, I'm excited to see what kind of lessons are coming up for like the next time around or the next thing that we can do. And at this stage, I'd want to say or, or kind of discuss like what challenges or, or what do you think you guys tried to communicate that wasn't received or, or could have been received better because I feel like um, I was wrapped up in, in doing visuals and, and creating content, but that's not the actual lesson. That's not the actual, you know, takeaway or implementation of the information. How do you make sure that the students are, are walking away and, and can then adequately know what to compost or how to, you know, treat water in the future? I mean, that was, that was the hard part, in my opinion, man, actually trying to narrow down what was the need to know facts, what was the important stuff. 
and just trying to get it down into like a bite size, you know, I guess just a, a definition where they can understand the grasp without making it too complicated. So just making sure that we fleshed out the material to where, you know, they can digest it and it was easy for them to, you know, recite to us. That way we know that they, you know, picked it up. And the more that we broke it down and kind of expounded upon it, um, the more they grasped and understood it. But just the having the time to flesh out our ideas more so, uh, just having that time to make sure that everything is, you know, we ever hit, hit on every topic and also make sure that, you know, our video quality and our animation or whatever the case might be is on par with any other program because we don't want to settle for less when it comes to our kids and our kids' education. So just make sure everything is on par with any other program that you may find out there, if not better. Mm -hmm. And I'll just add that, like, even with moving forward and what we want to create in the future is also making sure that we, um, I know, like, Georgia school system might have their own standards. So we also want to make sure that we're aligned with the standards of the education system so that the students are fully grasping and comprehending what we're teaching, because comprehension is key, is making sure that, that you know, even after they finish, like Yero said, that they actually comprehend what they learned and that they can, you know, implement it in their personal life. Absolutely. And... What type of like interaction do you guys try to have the parents get into when it's all said and done? I know um, some some people want to supervise their children when they're on the Zoom calls and others are, are, are free. They let their student or child rather just hop on the call. And yeah. what what is like a parent's role and how important is that um, specifically when it comes to, I guess, reaping the benefits of the green box program? I would say, Alex, do you want to go as a parent? <laughs> I mean, it, it allows you the flexibility to, you know, have that, have that option of being right there. Or, you know, if you have some things that you can maybe take care of around the house, it offers, offers that option as well. But we like to have activities where, you know, there is some parent interaction because, you know, let's not be, let's not forget this is the option for or a way for you to interact with your child as well because when our kids are in school and we're at work we don't have a, a handle on what they're learning we're not really involved as much in what they're learning as we could be or should be so giving the parents the opportunity to kind of see where their kid is at to see um you know what their interests are to also participate in it with them as well and build that bond uh with their child yeah and even if some parents, because, you know, we did have a, like a little bit of both. We had some parents like literally sitting there with their child and providing guidance. Um, and then we just had some students who just signed on and they didn't have a parent there. Um, but definitely for like the younger age groups, we would definitely love parent interaction just as some guidance to be like a role of like a guidance person to assist them if they need it. Um, or even to help them organize all the materials because even when we give them the green box um, we gave them a list of like all the materials they're going to need from their box so you know sometimes parents would be there kind of helping them organize their stuff but then they would kind of be in the background just assisting so i definitely think the parent interaction is important especially with the younger students because like alex said it is a time for them to also learn but to also bond with their child um, while we're lear learning all of this information together awesome awesome and um, was there any notable feedback from the parents um, as far as like the green box itself and, and the supplies? Like how did, how did they like some of the items that were there? The parents had a lot of positive things to say. I would say like 
I'm going to mostly speak from our younger age group because that's where most of the parents were when we had our other older group, the parents weren't really there or involved. Um, but the parents loved it. They really enjoyed because, um, you know, these materials they can just use after green box. So we gave them like binoculars, we gave them gardening gloves, we gave them just different supplies that I don't even think they probably maybe even were thinking of or stuff that they were probably might not even buy on their own personal time. So mm -hmm. I definitely think the parents liked it. I think it also, I think the parents liked it because it gave the students an interest. Like the students were excited every week to dig into the box and see what they could use. Um, so the parents I think really liked that we provided that component. And I think it made their life a little bit easier also so that they didn't have to go out and source it or go buying a lot of these things to do the lesson. It took the weight off of the parents' shoulders. Yeah, I definitely think they appreciated not having to physically go out and you know risk their safety to go get these items. And uh, I think that the green box parents really enjoyed the uh, the spark that it caused in their kids to you know be active because we got a lot of pictures of kids holding up their bird feeders and stuff just all smiles and it's something that they might not have necessarily done on their own time they might have been playing Fortnite or doing something else if they had the choice but being that, that we had this option out here um it's really taking advantage of it so i love it yeah the parents were definitely a great component. Um, and I know when we did a lesson on gardening, a lot of the parents were involved in that. We had one student, um, she even brought her camera to show us her garden outside um, yeah. with her child. So it's like some topics the parents were like engaging, they're talking about it because you know they were into it. Some of it they didn't know much about, but I definitely think the parents being there helped a lot. Fantastic, um, that, that concludes my questions. Okay. Yeah, and I just want to say thank y'all again for being on this podcast because Greenbox was like a really cool thing to like see us do from the sidelines. Um, yeah. And I'm just like really thankful that, you know, the tech issues are sorted out because um, I think that's probably like everybody's biggest worry is like, you know, technology dealing with Wi-Fi, dealing with laptops, yeah. you know, stuff just when it doesn't want to work and it, it doesn't want to work. And generally that's when you like are relying on it the most. Um, yeah. And so just seeing like how smooth the process went and how like creative y'all got with like the green box, Alex having your ass Alex character. I mean, really like a lot of cool ideas came out of this project. Yeah. Um, and it's weird to say it, but it's like, you know, if, we, if COVID hadn't happened, you know, we might not have gotten a, a lot of these ideas to come to get to come to hand. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, taking the good with the bad and learning and you know exploring new areas and opportunities and it seems like you know this is something going forward that students particularly are going to be really looking forward to um but i think parents and just like getting that opportunity to you know learn something new learn something that they didn't learn in school with their student is something that you know even they will look forward to um and so i just want to say thank y'all for coming on the podcast and just talking with us about the process you know, the lessons, interacting with students. Um, and it was just, it sounds like it was really cool to experience. Definitely oh, a great experience, man. And we appreciate you having us on. It's always a pleasure to get to yes, talk with you. Thank you. And uh, you, Cameron. So, you know, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it yes. a lot. Thank you guys for having us. Really appreciate it. This is my first podcast feature. So it's Ooh. great to be able to do it with y'all. And I definitely want to thank everyone for their support with Greenbox. Thank you, Yero, for all your help and you know just your creative direction and Cameron you stepped up too and helped us with the packing and stuff so you know it's definitely a group and team effort. Shout out to Cab County. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Thank you guys. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. It's it's awesome to help. Yes. All right. Oh. Well, peace, everyone. Y'all take care. See y'all at All the right. staff meeting. Have a blessed. Yes. <laughs> Have a blessed one. Bye.